welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Okay, so very first thing today to tell you is that I tried very hard not to record this episode. I thought, Nobody cares that I'm 40. Nobody wants to sit there for the first 10 minutes and listen to me talk about myself. But I just can't get away from this idea. I've been using this phrase, hey, I'm 40, all year long. I did actually turn 40 last December. But my friends and the people who spend a lot of time around me, they have seen my two hands come up and me say with a snicker, hey, I'm 40 like 100 times since then. And I want to explain what that's all about. It's not just about a birthday. It's about a change. It's like that Tim McGraw song. He was turning 30 at the time, but he said, it's time to take a moment and celebrate my age, the ending of an era and the turning of a page. And I just have to tell you, that's what it means for me. To say, hey, I'm 40 is a way of saying I have grown up in some things and there are truths that I've known for a really long time that I've applied kind of sporadically and I'm done with that. I'm 40, and this has represented the most significant internal change in my life. Look, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect or get it right all the time. I guess I'm saying some days I'm still 39. But overall, I'm ready to carry this thing through. And really, since that began in December, you'll note that the podcasts started in late January. These 40 episodes are really a cataloging of the I Am 40 mantra, what it really means, the choices that I'm now making, the direction that I'm setting, big ideas like it's not what I do, it's who I become. All of that fits under the, hey, I'm 40 ideology, and I want to talk to you about it. I'm here to tell you, you may be 16 years old, and today could be your 40th birthday. That revelation, that determination to finally say, I'm done with all that, it's time for this, it could be today. I have to tell you, it's harder when you're young. Because part of this is going through life experiences and deciding to close one door and open another. But I'll say on the other end of the spectrum, there are some people listening in their 50s, 60s, maybe even in your 70s, and you still haven't had your 40th birthday. Hey, listen, it's time. It's time to celebrate the turning of a page. So I want to talk to you a lot about that today. There is a Bible example, a character example from the New Testament that is hugely helpful for this. In fact, I'm preaching a sermon by this title, Hey, I'm 40, and it will spend a lot more time talking about that Bible character. So if you're interested in listening to that and really getting a lot more scriptural depth behind what we're talking about, you can go to lindalechurchofchrist.com and you can check out the sermon there. Okay, so here we go. You ready? When I say, Hey, I'm 40, it is me saying that now, unlike ever before in my life, There are a series of things that have existed in my life to which I am saying no more. Maybe I was hit and miss before, not anymore. Here's a list of six things from my life. Number one, no more unnecessary stress. I guess there may be some necessary stress along the way as something immediately hits you and you have to process it or some some daily concerns about your family. But most of the stress and anxiety in my life has been completely unnecessary, and I'm done with it. 
I'm done feeling anxious about things that I should just be giving over to God. I'm done disobeying Jesus, who told us very plainly in Matthew 6 not to worry about things. So whenever something comes up that has the potential to super stress me out, I'm not saying I run away from that thing or ignore it. I'm saying I determine this will not stress me out. I'm not going to live like that anymore. Okay, number two on the list, non-essential busyness. You know, most of that stress and anxiety is because we're just overloaded. We've talked about this in previous episodes. We do a lot of non-essential things. We try to squeeze extra things in. So we either don't plan anything or we plan too much. I'm done with that. I'm done being unwise with my time. And you guys know that's what the Excel Still More Daily Journal is all about. It's about getting up in the morning for one good hour, setting out the day, portioning it out well to be productive and not too overloaded. And by the way, I won't take much time to say this, but you can go to excelstillmore.life and you can get your copy of that journal today. It's just a tool to help eliminate that non-essential busyness. Number three in the list are fruitless arguments. I know you know what those are. We have those in our homes. We have them with people at church sometimes. They happen every two seconds on social media. Tell me exactly how great that's been for you. How much has that improved your life to get sucked into arguments where either because of bias on both parts or the issue at hand or the attitude of the other person, there's no positive outcome. Why am I involved in a conversation that has like a 1% chance of success? I'm just not going to use time on that anymore. And that's really helped with the stress level too. Number four, and we'll go back through all of these in a minute. Default defensiveness. Why do I always feel the need to defend myself? When I was in my 20s and 30s, I would take on any argument to defend my honor or my position, or if somebody said something that I could possibly, if I stretched it just right, take offense, I'd go ahead and do that, and then begin defending myself. I've decided, look, I'm 40 years old, I'm raising a family, I'm trying to grow in my faith, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, I don't have to go around defending myself to everybody who doesn't like what I'm doing. That is such an incredibly liberating feeling, I can't even tell you. And that's something that I'm committed to, not some of the time, like it used to be, but all the time. Number five goes along with that a little bit, paralyzing self-doubt. Part of why I was constantly having to defend myself and fight for my honor is because I didn't have a lot of confidence in who I was or what I was about. Oh, maybe I sounded confident. You know, that's what arguing is all about, sounding confident. But inwardly, there were a lot of things that I wanted to do, that I wanted to be, decisions that I wanted to make, and I was so afraid of what other people thought about it. Or inwardly, I just didn't think I was good enough. Why in the world would I tell myself that? I'm a Christian. There are people who love me. I've got good ideas, maybe not great ideas, but pretty good ones. I'm jumping out there, and I'm not looking back. Really, this Excel Still More journey is a testament to that for me. Where maybe before I would have talked myself out of it, but now I'm really giving it a go. And then lastly, and again, we'll go right back through these, dwelling on the past. Oh man, does the Bible talk about any of these issues? I think if you go back through this, and you can check out the show notes if you go to the website, you're going to find that God's Word has something to say about all of these things, and this one certainly qualifies. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, we talk about it all the time. 
He said he's not who he wants to be yet. He's striving to become more mature. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do, he said. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to dwell on my failures or my past or the way things didn't go well. I'm pressing on to better things. Think about it in terms of sin. When you repent of that sin, the Lord takes all of the guilt away. All of the pain and burden of that is removed. You continue to remember the experience only so that you can use it moving forward. So glance back every once in a while, but only to get motivation to move forward. So check this out as we go back through. This is really cool. The, hey, I'm 40 ideology. In the beginning, it was about saying, hey, I'm making a list of things that I'm not going to get caught up with anymore. But what's been really awesome is when you have no more of one thing, you end up with much more of something else. Let me walk you through the list. I said, no more unnecessary stress. Now I live with much more consistent peace and joy. I said, no more non-essential busyness. Now I live with much more daily progress and rest. No more fruitless arguments, I determined. Let me just tell you, now I have much more enjoyable conversation. And a lot of that even with those same people that I used to argue with. I said, no more default defensiveness. Now, look, if somebody approaches me with a question and I think an explanation might help them, I'll give it. But if it's about somehow defending my integrity or something like that, I'll probably just smile, say something cordial, and move on with my life. No big deal. I said, no more paralyzing self-doubt. And now I have a little something that I'd like to call controlled confidence. Controlled confidence is still based in humility. I'm nothing without the Lord. But it's also willing to say, I'm something important with the Lord. If I keep my focus on God, I can be confident about who I am. I can believe in myself and I can push forward. And because that confidence is controlled, it's focused, and it's deep, a lot of times it comes out in better service to other people. I'm not paralyzed by self-doubt. I'm confident. So now I can go out and make it about others. And then lastly, of course, no more dwelling on the past. When I quit looking back and judging myself and others about what was, two great things take its place. Number one is I get more in the present. How can I just get better today? How can I make someone else better today? It's about that process of what I become. I can take an Excel still more idea, give it a shot today, don't worry about what happened yesterday, and just grow. And then, of course, it creates an optimistic view of the future for you and also for all the people you care about. All right, so look, it doesn't matter how old you are, today needs to be your 40th birthday. And listen, we're not talking about stop being a bad person and start being a good person. That's not what my birthday was about. It was about finally, internally, prayerfully, and deeply deciding that I am truly done with things that I know don't belong. And yet, for some reason in my 30s, I just kept tinkering with them. And then, of course, all these great things filled the space. Okay, lastly, I told you that there was a Bible character that could illustrate all of this. So let's take a few minutes and talk about the life of a very interesting man. A man who started out well-intentioned, but quite immature, and yet became something great. His name was Peter. 
Do you remember the young Peter? Peter in his 20s and early 30s from the Gospels? Now, there were some great things about him. He was a man of faith and conviction, but he was greatly immature. He was often prideful and self-focused. In fact, all of the disciples were more interested in their position in the kingdom than their service. He was often aggressive, out of place, when he confronted Jesus when he ought not have, or when he cut off the guard's ear, not knowing what he was doing. He was often bold, but with kind of hollow words, like, I'll never deny you, Jesus, and then he did so a short time later. He was unwilling to prepare for things. He was always an impetuous guy who would hop out of the boat or make bold proclamations, but when it was time to pray or get mentally prepared or put in the time, he was sleeping. He was a guy, unfortunately, who was pretty weak in the moment. When it was really time to show that this was real, he just faltered quite often. And unfortunately, even after the time that Jesus died, he was burdened by doubt. He lacked courage in what was happening or understanding in the kingdom. He didn't believe that Jesus had been raised, even though it had been promised before Jesus died. He was young, and it showed. But then, he grew up. And by the way, that's a synonym for, hey, I'm 40. If that's not something you want to walk around saying, you could say, I'm finally growing up. Well, Peter did that. Peter grew up. And so when you get to the point of the epistles, think about First and Second Peter. So if he was in his 20s or 30s in the Gospels, by the time he writes First and Second Peter, he's probably in his 50s or 60s. If you would just sit down and read the first two chapters of First Peter, that's as far as you need to go. You're going to wonder if this is even the same guy. Here's a guy that's focused on the hope of the resurrection, courageous in trials, prepared to be holy, fears only the Father and no one else, is sincerely convicted to serve others, and is shining as a servant of Christ with zero doubt. It's awesome. He's just a totally different person. And here's why I bring him up and what I'm talking about. He knew about all of those things, at least in some capacity, in his youth. But he just lacked that maturity to say, I'm going with that, and I'm going to stick with that, and that means no more of this pride or misplaced aggression or hollow words or sleeping when I should be working. And I guess what I'm saying is, that's the way you and I need to be. We need to decide to grow up like Peter did. Now, two things to say before we close on that, and I think it will be helpful for you. There are two reasons why Peter was a changed man. Two reasons. The first one was, he just got older. I mean, at some point, you just grow up, you see some things, you learn some things, and you change your behavior. And so in that regard, if you're 18 years old listening to this podcast today, it's not going to be easy to decide, no more of that stuff, I'm going to focus on this stuff over here. Sometimes it takes time. And I think that's kind of where I was. I thought, look, I'm not an old guy, but I'm not a young guy. I think it's probably time to end that old era and turn the page. But if I might just poke somebody in the side just a moment, if you are 50, 60, 70 years old, and you've not yet made the change, I'll go back to my list. You're still burdened with stress and busyness. You're always jumping into fruitless arguments or defending yourself or doubting yourself or dwelling on the past. Can I just say, and you know we're friends here, grow up. Let's do this. It's time to put all that away. How much time do you think you have left to make those changes? So there are two reasons why Peter changed, and I think that first one resonates with me somewhat. 
He was in his 50s. I'm getting closer to that all the time. It's time to really let the peace of Christ settle in my heart and let it live there. But that leads me to the second reason. The second thing that changed Peter is the resurrection and rule of Jesus Christ. Peter in the Gospels was young and confused. He didn't understand the kingdom. Jesus had not died and been raised from the dead and ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God. After he did that, you see some accelerated learning in Peter throughout the Gospels. Not a perfect guy, but you started to see huge changes. The confidence he had by the resurrected Jesus changed him. He's not going to panic at every little thing that happens. He's a servant of the resurrected king. So let me ask you, which side of the cross do you live on? You know the answer already. It's not the side of doubt and fear and confusion. We live on the side of the cross where Jesus has defeated sin and the enemy and death. We live in victory in the kingdom. And that means we grow up into Christ. We're conformed into his image. We embrace change. Let me tell you, you're going to love it. You're going to love it when you finally say no more to all of the stuff that you already know doesn't belong. It's not like it's a big surprise. And you've done it before at times, but now you're all in. The time already passed is sufficient for that foolishness. I'm ready for peace, progress and rest, great conversations, self-confidence, and an ever-growing relationship with my Savior. So look, just sit down and decide a few things in your life that you've been allowing to live there that don't belong. Determine, no matter your age, that you're the kind of person that's putting that away for good. There may be a few stumbles along the way, but you're committed. You're committed to maturity. You can call that commitment whatever you want, but I'm going with, hey, I'm 40. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to support this program, go check out our new website, excelstillmore.life. You can subscribe to emails there. There are book recommendations, show notes, lots of great things. We'd love for you to check it out. And don't forget to share this program with your friends if you think it'll help them. And you can always follow along on the Facebook page. And please remember, whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.